So let's talk some political leadership now when it comes to these blockades and protests. From Ottawa onward, there have been a lot of stern words, but it feels like there hasn't been much else, and it's not clear exactly why. There's been a whole lot of politics, clearly some divisive talk from the Prime Minister, the Conservatives hobnobbing with protesters before today when the interim leader slammed the door, told them to go home. Ontario today choosing choosing not to take part in um, in a meeting, a trilateral table meeting that the feds had set up to deal with the ongoing blockades in Ontario, um, and essentially making it pretty clear that they see this either as an Ottawa problem or a federal problem. Uh, perhaps not overnight, but it has been so far. So what kind of leadership is needed now? It's obviously difficult, but why does it feel like it might be absent? I want to ask someone who might know better than I do. And joining me now is Laura Stevenson. She's a political science professor and co-director of political behavior uh, research group at Western University in London, Ontario. Uh, obviously, the title says it all. She specializes in political behavior, both Canadian and comparative. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I mean, this this is just something that I've been observing, having watched politics for so long. I'm struggling to understand why it feels like there's been a bit of a leadership vacuum right across the board when it comes to dealing with, with these protests. Well, I think, uh, as you said, it was difficult. Uh, this is a difficult situation. I think it's... Uh, I think people are concerned on a number of levels. I think there's political levels, and then there's just kind of safety, I think, levels, right? There's a lot of anger right now, um, and it's hard to know exactly what is going to be the right approach uh, to dealing uh, with the protesters. Um, you know, they have legitimate concerns, which uh, can be heard, and obviously, you know, it's, you, you can protest. The challenge, of course, is how do you tell them, but not this way, right? Um, because we're seeing right now that the protests aren't you know, they're not just protests anymore, right? They're, they're protests that are making people unable to go about their daily lives and in some cases, you know, completely uh, stopping trade between two countries in an area. I guess when you look at, uh, I imagine there's obviously there are jurisdictional considerations here that make it difficult. I mean, ultimately, a, a protest in a city is a, is a local problem. Uh, protest at a border has a bunch of different jurisdictions. Are, are the different sides just not really able to figure out who should be taking the lead here or not really wanting to step out in front of it? Well, I think, you know, the I think that's both, right? Not really wanting to step out in front of it. I think it's a really important consideration, especially when we're seeing things happen in Ontario, right? Where, you know, Doug Ford has to be wondering a little bit how many of these people are, is he hoping are, is, are going to vote for him in June? Uh, so there's a little bit of that, I think, going on. Um, beyond that, I mean, you know, taking a, a super strong hand and uh, invoking you know, extreme powers or, you know, going um, above and beyond uh, what seems to be normal legal procedures, I think it's, it's got a lot of uh, concerns associated with it and, and really could inflame this significantly. Yeah, because we've been seeing some pretty sober voices making some pretty big calls. Mark Carney from one of them a little earlier this week in the Globe and Mail. Um, if, if, if you were in a leadership position right now, uh, what would you advise in terms of, in terms of how, how to, how to, I know that's a, a million dollar question, uh, but, but what yeah. would you advise? Do you just sort of stand back and see how it unfolds? Do you, do you want to step in and make a mistake? It's all, it's, you know, it, these are, these, these are, um, this is treacherous territory. I mean, I think the, you know, the fact of the matter, as you mentioned, is that the, there are legal, um, there are, 
measures that can be taken to deal with what the protests are doing um, based upon existing laws, right? You know, like, uh, like for example, noise bylaws in Ottawa, right? This would be a simple right. one. So enforcing these, right, can, can make sense. The challenge, of course, is that when you see police taking a heavy hand because they're directed to do so, then, you know, this could just turn around and really inflame things. To be honest, I'm really not sure where we're going with this, but I would say that the Conservatives have kind of come out in front of it today, right? Um, right. By saying, like, we're taking your, your, we're taking your concerns now seriously in the government and we've listened to you and we're here. And that has a little bit of, I think, possibility um, <laughs> to diffuse this situation. But that, of course, depends upon whether or not the protesters see it as, you know, moving quick enough and being the kind of change that they want to see. Certainly in Alberta, we saw that the protest didn't end when the premier announced that uh, that they were going to drop some of those COVID-related restrictions. Um, so it's it's unclear whether the protesters want to listen to politicians, what politicians have to say, because there has been quite a lot of politics going on. I mean, I, I think I think that was clear from the beginning that every party saw some advantage here, uh, specifically the two the liberals and the conservatives saw some advantages in in playing this protest a certain way from the outset, and it may have gotten them in trouble, to be honest. I think the conservatives are, are walking a very very fine line uh, right now. Um, you know, supporting protesters is. <sighs> is a challenge. I mean, certainly they might want to be courting their vote, which, you know, that, that happens. That's what we do. Um, or that's what political parties do, so to speak. Um, you know, the prime minister also doesn't want to be seen to be overstepping things. Um, you know, <laughs> he is a prime minister of a centrist party, right? The leader of a centrist party doesn't want to um, anger more people than he needs to. I mean, but then, of course, it just comes down to the other point of, you know, when do you step in at what level? Like I said, the jurisdictional issues here, and you mentioned this, right, are, are really important. Um, and ideally, they would be cared for by those who have jurisdiction over the specific areas where the protesters are. But we're certainly seeing that that's not who the protesters want to talk to them, right? They're not asking yeah. mayors to talk to them. They're not asking no. premiers to talk to them, right? They're asking for things from the government that, frankly, are are just out of the realm of, of possibility. And so, you know, changing vaccine mandates, obviously, is one thing, but they're, they're kind of going about it in an awkward way because it's not being directed and the activities aren't being directed at the, the right people, so to speak. So, yeah. I mean, this is a... It's a bit of a mess, I'll be honest with you. It is a bit of a mess. I mean, I think everyone's uh, aware of that by, by now. What, what did you make? You're not too far up the highway from the border, or from the Michigan border. Uh, what did you make today of, of both uh, Gretchen Whitmer coming in guns blazing uh, and apparently the White House as well? So the Americans have now gotten involved yeah. in this and, and, and we've seen a lot more movement tonight than we have in a while once that happened. Uh, is that surprising? It's not surprising at all. I mean, and maybe this is exactly what the protesters were, were recognizing, right? I mean, if you think about it, throughout this entire pandemic, what has maintained our state open? And that would be the ability for trade to occur, right? And we can't underestimate how important that is. You know, we've seen lots of, um, you know, uh, pictures of empty grocery shelves. Well, let's talk about shutting down 
massive amounts of the economy if this is what you're choosing to do at the border. Um, and so it's got all sorts of repercussions. Uh, it's certainly one way to get people to pay attention. But I actually think that, you know, the, uh, the U.S. obviously is protecting its interests, but this has the potential to really force um, a swift uh, end that will likely not take place in a in negotiation style, let's say, uh, you know, so I don't know that anyone's voices are going to be heard when you've done something that's, you know, far more threatening uh, to the country as a whole. Yeah, certainly the tone coming from both the attorney general in Michigan and the uh, and the and the governor was was pretty pretty succinct and pretty blunt, and it was uh, it was interesting to see because again I thought felt like we saw a lot of movement today after we started to get some criticism from the U.S. Laura Stevenson, thank you so much for your insight. I know I was asking you some tough questions, some million dollar questions to which none of us really have any answers, but you have a lot of insight, so I appreciate your time. No, I'm happy to join. Thank you.